Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, we are doing a few updates here with our alumni who we love dearly. And we hope all of you guys are staying healthy, safe, and staying at home during this quarantine. And hope you enjoy listening to a few of our previous guests telling you what's been going on in their life since they did their interview. Here are some updates for the quarantine versions of And The Writer Is. All right. We are back with Allie Tamposi. She's back. Hi. What's up? We were were just talking about, um, uh, you know, the, where the music industry is and how everything's affected by, you know, this, this break and, the short of it that's kind of interesting uh, is that we really won't know because songwriters get paid so late. So we'll really get a good idea probably in, um, you know, four to five quarters because you get paid for this quarter basically next year, certainly internationally and whatnot. But, you know, anything that would have come in from live performance royalties, things like that, that's going to be that's going to alter, but most of the restaurants and whatnot had to do their deals with after, uh, or sorry, with um, ASCAP and BMI before any of this happened. So we don't, we just don't really know is the answer, but we certainly we will know after everyone else will after everyone else is feeling it. I mean, it's different, obviously, if you're a touring artist and all that stuff, but for a songwriter down we do know that that's that what is streaming is that the volume is down for sure the amount of people streaming and that is starting to bounce back a little bit which is nice like yeah i mean we are losing like the restaurants and oh right yeah you know pretty much anywhere that streams music outside of people's homes right now so i wonder you know and people aren't you know driving and and so yeah we'll see i mean definitely there's you know i you can really sense like the the music uh industry is sort of you know we're forming together and artists are still super active on you know like like dua lipa um just like right at the start of this thing put out um a record that uh, I wrote called Break My Heart and um, and we were all, you know, everyone involved, Andrew and the monsters and we were all like, oh, we're going to be like the experiment. We've like been, you know, waiting for this song to come out for so long and, and she just, you know, I mean, she's just a, like a 
she's probably like, you know, one of the, the best at promoting her music, her team and everyone. They're really, really active in that. So, you know, they found a way to adapt and, um, and the song's doing really well. So that's, um, so that was awesome. But yeah, encouraging for sure. Yeah. A good example I, of, of the people who know how to take advantage of what's happening. Yeah. Listen to music in this. I actually, I found myself in the beginning, um, listening, just going on like a, uh, just finding artists that I wouldn't typically listen to. And I went down the rabbit hole for like, for a good few days. Um, and yeah, like I found, you know, artists that I used to be fr- friends with, um, this guy, Jonathan Rice, he's just such an exceptional lyricist and it's almost like folk music. He's actually from LA. Um, and, um, and I was just, yeah. So I, it kind of felt like, you know, when I'm, I'm going on like these sort of musical quests, it feels you know, what I'm tapping into, you know, I'm, I'm really, I feel like I'm really on a mission for lyrical content that just like, you know, brain shatters me that just like speaks, you know, just really, um, uh, like just literature, you know, in a, in a song. And I, you know, because I, I feel like that's, I want to tap into that space and I feel super inspired when I, read lyrics that just like, you know, really describe like the, you know, the, like the most subtle interactions between, you know, within a relationship or whatever. And they just are able to like articulate the, you know, the, the deeper meaning behind like a simple, you know, behind like body language or something or the way, like an interaction, they're just able to tap into like the psyche and, and also do it in so few words. And that's kind of, um, you know, I want, I really want to uh, evolve lyrically. And I think in order to do that, you know, there's only so many experiences that I can draw from. Sorry to jump around so much, but like there's only so many experiences I can draw from. And, you know, there's only, you know, so I've really taken this time to, to read, to read, you know, reading books or you read lyrics as you listen to music or both? Um, well, I, that I do read ly- lyrics as I listen to music, but reading books, um, like some of the great Russian literature, the brother, brothers Karamazov, I'm getting into that. Um, and I find, you know, just, I don't know. I, the, the storytelling element of songwriting is just, it, it's what keeps me, coming back to it and well that's one of the things is it feels like in pop music a lot of people write you know it's the verse is is you know the story is really about the moment that the actual length of the story is really condensed um when when they're writing songs you know maybe it's a it's not like a book where they do some exposition and a who, what, what, and where, why thing. It's it's sort of she walks in the room. That's the exposition, you know. And then it's we meet each other. The chorus is like this is how I feel about that. Then the next chorus verse is like we're still here. The next one is like you know this I'm still feeling the same way. And then the song's done. 
But right. the idea of these, you know, reading Dostoevsky and whatever and trying to tell a story from, you know, beginning, middle and end, that feels like something you get in a lot of folk music. You get, you know, that's, that is the Tom Waits and the Bob Dylans and they yeah. tell stories, the country music. Why is it in pop music that people don't tell stories? And can you, you of all people, can you bring this back to us, please? I'm trying. I don't know if I'm intellectual enough to go there yet, but I'm working on it. I think, you know, it's, I, you know, so much of pop music is the sonic, is the melody, is the flow, is, you know, and I, especially, you know, you know, with the sort of merge of, of urban pop music together, it's just, um, you know, finding different, like, I think there's so much more emphasis on the cadences and the feel of the song. Um, and, you know, maybe that has a lot to do with the production as well. It doesn't really open up, you know, you can't really tell like this, it, you have to match the, the tone of the song. So I find like, yeah, if, you know, you don't want to, you kind of have to go with whatever feels natural to whatever's happening in the room to, you know, you have to also cater to the artist and, um, and it just, it really does depend on the song because I, you know, and, and you have to be also quick about it. So if you, you know, are able to throw out these, you know, big lyrical ideas that fit, you know, in so few words into this that doesn't, which doesn't like, you know, take you out of the song, but just like brings you into a, a story. If you're able to be quick about it and like, I, I think it, you know, that's, at least that's where I would like to be. I would like to just like spit some like intellectual, just like, you know, word slams into, but I, it, you know, but how are you? I mean, look, the, you know, you have your discography is so vast, and the amount of songs that you write that come out, either your ratios and like obviously your ratios really strong. But how many songs do you write that don't come out? You know, are you? As it seems when you say that, oh, you have to be fast because you're in the room. It, it's because you're very in demand, so you're in a lot of sessions. It seems. Although I don't know how many sessions you're actually in, but it seems like you have to create a lot of content quickly and you're generating them at such a high level. How are you able to maintain the workload that you seem to have from my, you know, couple miles away view? Yeah. Um, I'd say collaboration, you know, it, it isn't all put on me. Like the workload is divided amongst usually four of us at a time. And, um, and, you know, I mean, for the last, yeah, for the last, I don't remember exactly when we last spoke, but it's probably been about like five or six years that, um, that Andrew and I have been collaborating together, Andrew Watt. And, um, and, you know, our, our sort of 
our sort of like team thing is, you know, we've, we go in different rotations. We'll find, you know, a, a, another writer or another producer and, and we'll just sort of find the rhythm that works. But this, the consistent, um, variable is, is usually Andrew and I. So, um, I think he has so much energy and he is, and way more than I do for, and he has a way higher tolerance for the business and the industry than I do. I think I'm now at, you know, the last, within the last year, I've been able to like alter my perspective on things and I've able to take in more than I used to without getting overwhelmed or overworked. Um, but I, yeah, he's just, you know, constantly like revving me up to like, you know, we're going on this thing together. Let's go, you know, just, and I, and I think I need, I, I definitely needed that motivation. Um, and when I feel like we had just, you know, if, if we had just finished a week of writing and we had accomplished, you know, two or three songs in that week, I'm like, I'm ready for a month break. And, and he's calling on there. Let's go. We gotta go. We're doing, you know, we gotta do this, this. And so if, and if I'm not, and if I'm not feeling up for it, you know, somebody else will. <laughs> so I've sort of like kept my head down and I, you know, I rely so much on the energy of the people I'm working with. So if I'm in a room with people that are just kind of, you know, I can also sit in a room and talk for, for the whole session. I'm happy to do that. I don't feel like I get enough of that sometimes, but, um, you know, but yeah, if we're like, you know, we're in, something happens in me, I get really inspired by the energy and I'm like, okay. And like the channels for the most part usually opens up and I'm able to tap into, um, that space to just like pull out some content or figure out some story that I can connect to or go based off of what the artist is feeling. So, so yeah, I think, you know, I, yeah, I just, I, I'm going off of some adrenaline that's in me that just like wants to like is constantly feeling like I haven't written that song yet that I'm like, that song that I'm just, you know, it's going to like, like just force me to like sit back and just, all right, you're good for a while. Like you got this message out. Like, I feel like it's still bottled in me somewhere. And, um, some, so of, the, I, some of the songs that you've done since our last interview, and it's it really hasn't been as long as you think, but it ain't me, Selena and Kygo Havana, obviously Huge song, Wolves, also Selena, Marshmallow, going into Young Blood. You know, there was Easier and, um, you know, for, for Five Things of Summer, both those. Senorita, Camilla, and Sean, that was just so big. Um, you know, it's winning Be My Songwriter of the Year and at least once, you know, but like that and then getting all these nominations, all the other awards for a songwriter uh, of the year for um, tons of different things. But something, you know, it wasn't like you weren't successful before this, but 
it, it gets to a point where the assumption is, you know, when you're at, when you, like you said, if you, if you feel like you, if you take some time off, then that means that someone else is there to take that spot. Do you feel competitive like that? Do you feel like you have to maintain this? I mean, these are huge songs. Any one of these songs, there are people who get in the Songwriter Hall of Fame off of two hits, three hits. These are enough hits in two years, three years. Like, it's insane. Like, do you feel like you have to maintain this um, level of success to be happy as a songwriter? I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't competitive because I'm definitely competitive. But I'm starting, you know, I, you know, if I am constantly basing my self-worth off of the amount of songs that I have, then I'm like, the road ahead, I'm doomed, you know? So I'm starting to, you know, I'm starting to just... I'm starting to alter my life so that, you know, because I've gone in waves over the last two years of like feeling just this overwhelming anxiety of like, you know, of, and I think the realization is like, it doesn't fill that void that I'm hoping it would have filled, you know, that like, okay, you've just reached, you know, Nirvana, you've like linked up to the golden herb and, you know, you have it, you got it. And I think that, you know, just with, with, with time and, and with the success, you start to understand, okay, like, you know, the more chasing, you know, the more I chase, like, what I'm, I'm, what am I running from? So I'm, I'm starting to, to really balance out my life so that, I, you know, and in doing so, I, I find that like, I'm going back into the studio more so because I'm addicted to the process and not addicted to the chase. I love, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I love, I love the people in this community, in our community. It feels like we're in, you know, we've known each other all for, you know, for so long. And like, we're, when we go to like, I love going to the award shows because it feels like a senior graduation or something, you know, and it's like fun to be around it. But I, you know, I, I, it doesn't like get me, get me off for lack of a better word. It doesn't, you know, it, it, I appreciate, I love everyone at, at, you know, in the industry as people, but you know, it's, it's not, it isn't why I, I do this. And I know that happiness is not in another hit song. Happiness is not in another award. It's just not in another check. It's like, and where, so how can I like, you know, how can I balance my life so that I'm not, you know, so I'm reminded of like, where, you know, where can I like, just, so I'm just reminded that it isn't about that. You know, it's just, it's, what is it about? And, how do you find that? Pro- like, what, what is it that, that is the thing that makes, I mean, obviously you look, you love the process of writing music, but what is the balance in your life that allows you to stay inspired besides Andrew's energy? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, it's just being, you know, it's mindfulness to be honest. It's like, it's being, you know, aware of the, the, the narratives that I'm living by that I just not identifying with the story. I'm just the stories in my, my head. And it's, it's being still and being present and like not living, um, you know, with the anxiety of the future or like the, the questions I have of the past. It's just like being right here and right now and like, you know, like through, you know, during this quarantine, uh, the, the, um, my landlord has a, a pretty wild library here. And so I picked up the power of now at Cartole and I, I don't know why I never read it before. I think cause I just put it in like the same category as like the secret and it had such a, you know, there was so much press around it when it, when it came out and I just like affiliated it with like, you know, just like, you know, just like middle-aged enlightened people that are just like born again into this, you know, whole mindful realm. But I picked it up and it just like, it, it shook me. It like, okay, wow. Like I spent so much time in this, just this, with this self-destructive narrative that wants me dead. Like I don't have to live with this going 24 seven. Like this isn't who I am. Like that's, it was, there were some like really liberating moments reading that book. And, um, you know, I've been sober for four and a half years now. And so, um, that, you know, my, my community of, of like in, um, in AA and like, I've, I have like, I really am building a life outside of, you know, outside of the tunnel of the industry and, stuff and so that has actually really altered my relationship with the city with living in LA because totally. it's you know it it like prior to really you know two years into sobriety I was like I you know I just put my head down and I was like I'm gonna get my career together I'm doing this like I am this is my main focus and then one day I woke up and I just like felt so emotionally bankrupt and like you know, sober, but like, not like, not just, you know, sort of not recovering or just, you know, kind of just, just going. And, um, and then I was, you know, you know, I was like, well, I'll be happy if I, you know, if I sign a deal here, I'll be happy if I work with this artist, I'll be happy if I buy a house. And it's just, I started to realize like everywhere I go, there I am. And like, so I, I, yeah. So this whole been on this journey of like, you know, of just, I guess, self-improvement and like, and it's, you know, cause I, it, it just, the way I was going, it just, I, I, you know, it, there was like, I had planned that I got to get out of this thing entirely. Cause I can't, um, I can't live like this. I can't live with the going to sleep and hyper analyzing my performance in the studio and basing my worth on how I feel people perceive me in the studio. And am I, you know, my melodies aren't good enough for my, I really just froze. And, and it's just like, 
and it, you know, and I would find myself just like stone faced, like in some of my interactions and it just became like really, um, you know, exhausting. So I I mean, a lot of is, is obviously we talked about sobriety, I believe a lot in your last interview, but is that what changed from, I mean, you know, again, to go from having had a hit, having had to have, you know, three hits to having a dozen hits, you know, I mean, there's a huge, there's this steep curve for what's going on with you and you and Andrew over the last few years is sobriety the what what makes a songwriter go from i'm writing really good songs is it that people weren't hearing your older songs when you were writing them or is it the songs are that much better and is it all because of sobriety i mean what where does this huge steep come you know incline on the graph where does that come from i'd say a lot of it has to do with that um you know i just i I have way more time in the day when I'm sober, you know, and I, I'm just, I, I feel a lot better. Um, the quality of work has gone up. Like, I mean, I can't even listen to the song. I was narrating. I won't listen to it. It feels like it made by someone else, you know, it just, running away from myself for so long, you know, and, um, does it say the connection is unstable? It, it did for, for, uh, for about two seconds over that last, the last part when you were saying that you couldn't listen to some of your older songs and then it went a little bit jumbly. Yeah. I'm gonna, I turned off my internet. Um, yeah, I think I just, I have more time. I have, um, I'm like, is it still? No, it's good for me right now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I can wake up and start at, you know, my day at 7.30 AM, you know, I can like, and so I'm ready to, to go by 11. My dog is crying outside my door and it's driving me crazy. Oh, I'm just no, I mean, dogs are like when people think about home, like homeschooling, when if you have a dog, like my dog has been in every session and every meeting I've done so far. So bring, bring her in. And this is the part of the interview where I think about my, I was going to say my, I have a, one of my best friends is, 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 you know, a performance coach and he always talks to me. His name's Dr. Bean. And I've had him meet with some labels, you know, about how you, how do you respond to, um, you know, having had a hit, having not had a hit, having to deal with competition, all the things he works with Navy SEALs. He works with surgeons, you know, and he's, he's the one who's really gotten me to remind myself to, as he says, be where your feet are. It's so simple, but you get all of us are such dreamers. That's why we're artists and songwriters. And then, you know, it's like when when it comes out, what I don't know what we're racing towards. So sometimes it's good to just sit there and actually look at some of the, you know, 
have a little gratitude and, and it, it remember yeah. what you are. You know? Yeah, and I do feel like when I am writing, I am in the present moment. You know, it's like we're we're there, we're in action, it's happening. But then, you know, it's after when we're just we're just caught, yeah, we're just, you know, caught everywhere but where we are. And so and time has a way of like you know, just like this idea of like, we're on this, you know, like, you know, we're just measuring ourselves by time. And like, and I think that that's really uh, held us back from, from, you know, yeah, from preserving the now and like, just, so it's. Interesting process versus the result. It's such a, you know, all, all this, the general cliches about it's not the destination, it's the journey and all that. But the more you embrace that, the more you actually start to see all of it as a process and not even that you never reach a destination. And you've, all people who've hit number ones multiple times with multiple artists those are still fleeting moments. Those are part of your process. It's part of their, the artist process. Your co-writers have a different process, you know, and it's okay to recognize that even, you know, you, when you have never had a number one song, you want to know what it's like to have a number one song, but it's basically the same thing as not having a number one song, except for other people see you as somebody who has a number one song. <laughs> I mean, the good part is you can hear your song on occasion. That part's pretty rad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, society isn't conducive to well-being, really. So it's like, this isn't just something that you like flip a switch and you're like, all of a sudden here we are now we can, it's like you're constantly thrown off course by, by, you know, the way that like you're everything like you're, if we all lived on, you know, a freaking commune in Malibu, preferably by the, the seeking go, so go surfing. We all lived in like yurts and, you know, had like kumbayas every night and just lived harmoniously. And that's all it was, would be about. Like it'd be so much easier to just like, and you know, church was meditation and like we were spiritual, connected to the divine, like all that shit. It would be like, you know, it would be, I think a, a lot easier to, to live, you know, to live happily, I think. Can it's sponsor this writing camp? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so in, like my bag's packed. All right. I know. But like the writing camp that without like, you know, without writing for something or just, just to write and just to jam, it's like, it's hard when, yeah, it's just, you know, our yeah, we're just so programmed this way. We have been, you know, and it's, so it, it just takes like, you know, it take it's on left to like the individual to really do the work and to like do it every day. And eventually I think it just gets easier to implement it into your daily routine. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm 30 years old and I look forward and I, you know, I, I, I see like a family. I see, you know, I also just, I know that if I continue on this journey of like, of just self-reflection and, and, you know, just expanding my consciousness and all that. Like I know that my life ahead is, is going to just be so, you know, it's going to, I'll have a, a whole life as opposed to like, just, you know, the music industry life, which consumed me for so long. So, I mean, do you write in a weird sort of way? Can't you write about, um, you know, that when you're talking about these folk writers, you know, when we were first talking, so you listen to a lot of them and they'll, you can write a song about anything. You're, if you're an artist and you write your music, you can write a song about anything. That's what makes these artists great. When you're a songwriter and you're pitching songs, you don't have necessarily that luxury unless you do, but none of us do it because we're also scared of the fact that if you were to bring a song and start shopping a song about, you know, what it's like, I don't know, to, to, if, if you wrote a song called Surfer Girl right now and you weren't the Beach Boys, you know, who are you going right. to shop that song to? But if you were like the, being in touch with something bigger while you're in the ocean, it would be something you'd have to sell to another artist who would understand this experience. On the other hand, you have the capabilities as a writer to write about these so many other things than, I mean, you look, you write, still write wolves and teeth and some of these things that are really interesting concepts that aren't just traditional. But do you do you write about all these things? Do you write about these like spiritual feelings? Do you go there and are you going there in the future? Do you write about seeing, seeing the future, seeing a family, seeing outside of the music business? Do you write about this? I find ways. I think, you know, I feel like these are also like relatively new ideas for me. So, you know, I, I think the the more I evolve in this sort of realm, the easier it'll be to like to connect um, concepts in that way. So it's not just like one big song about enlightenment or something, you know, just like, you know, ways to talk about anxiety and, and stuff like that. That, um, but, you know, I find myself, yeah, I find myself just now like, you know, diving deeper when I'm talking about just either love, you know, and, and things like that. So I, but eventually, yeah, I hope to, you know, improve my style of writing so that I can write about ideas that aren't, that haven't really, you know, that aren't the typical sort of baseline thinking. Um, and I think, cause we, you know, you read, Bob Dylan's lyrics and it's just like, wow, like how, you know, how was this considered pop music? You know, it's just like, this is fascinating. Like, and, um, and Joni, and they were all part of the same era, you know, and, and it, like, were we just smarter as a society then or what, you know, like those artists exist now. They're just, they might not be, 
Well, there are a couple of things I think. One is that, not that you asked me, but I'm, I'll tell you what I think because... I do. I'm curious. Go but, ahead. you know, you if you have... Um, what was great about folk music in the 60s was that was where the truth was coming out. You know, that's what we wanted. And to be honest, what we get from, in theory, what you get from good rap and good hip hop are people talking about real struggles that are actually happening. That's where a lot of that is. A lot of the real storytelling and the real, like what the grittiness that you get from the lyrics from Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell are still being written. It's just now written in, in a form where people still talk about what it's like to be oppressed or to be afraid or to deal with a lot of the things that those people were talking about. I mean, Joni Mitchell's different because I think she was like, uh, she's a, I mean, she's an author. She's like hardly a lyric writer. She would actually, she was a poet, you know? But I do think that there's some pop music now that still references things that matter. It just tends to not be... For sure. The kind of of songs people pitched then were getting cuts by, you know... There were still those songs also. The Brill Building was going on up until the Bob Dylan era. Like those were all pitched songs and Motown coming out of that. Like Motown was just pitched songs, you know. It wasn't those weren't the artists necessarily talking about it, you know, until Marvin Gaye went and did his thing. And that's when it you know. No, I mean I think just like the last couple weeks I've been like yeah, down the rabbit hole of like Leonard Cohen, even Jimi Hendrix and like you know, just like it's, you know, uh, Jim Morrison, like having these like sort of mini psychedelic experiences reading their lyrics. And, but then you also get that, like when the last uh, Kendrick album came out, I was like, yes. You know what I mean? Like I got a Pulitzer prize, man. The guys like, that's how good, that's who's telling the truth now. Right. Exactly. Kendrick Lamar, you know, yeah, and you get Jake Cole and Nas and, and you know, um, and so for sure, I mean, there, it exists. So how, in that, in that, like, just like, I feel super inspired by lyrics. And I get that from, you know, uh, Arctic Monkeys. Uh, yeah. He, um, who, Julian Casablanca's, he's an incredible lyricist. Um, why wouldn't you, why, I mean, most of the people you're naming are, are, they're, they're all artists. None of them are songwriters. Clearly you're inspired a lot by these artists who write songs. Why didn't you ever get pulled into being the artist? Why did you not ever get the bug? Or maybe you got the bug, but why did, why did you, how did you avoid it when, that seems to be a rare case. I think because I, you know, when the opportunity was really starting to present itself for me to do that, I started to like feel this shift pulling me and like, in like really forming a, a life, you know, that wasn't completely consumed with uh, the industry. And I know what it takes, you know, like it's, it, it takes just 
the shit that I just don't enjoy doing. I don't, I'm not really that active on social media. I'm, you know, I, I just know that I wouldn't have been able to, um, give it what it really takes and also like feel, feel okay. And to be honest, like I, I feel like I've put so much time into, into this, into writing that I wasn't, I don't feel like I'm ready to start at the beginning again too. Like, I'm just like, you know, I, cause I feel like I've such a long ways to go in, you know, in songwriting. Like, I feel like I haven't, you know, there hasn't like, you know, when I talk to my, my parents and, and friends back home and stuff too, they're like, you know, they're like, you got to just do it. And it, it just, it has never really appealed to me in that way. Parents and friends at home all want you to be like, why don't you do the voice? You're like, wait, I don't think you understand. I know. <laughs> I know everyone who's like, I, they, I don't think they get the relationships that you have now, but. Right. Yeah. And then, to, to this, uh, a, prominent female executive who we were, we were discussing why is it that, what is it in recording sessions that, why is it that there's rarely two women in a, in a writing recording session? And um, we we're talking about the life of women in the business. And one of the things that we were talking about is that most women either wanted to be or, or were an artist or they want to be and are an artist. There are very few, seems like women are pushed into being performers the minute they start getting hits. Um, whereas guys don't, are somehow... Um, excused and allowed to be just songwriters and just producers. Women seem to are, are the assumptions that get pushed into being everything. Or, and it seems like there's just, it's just rare for what is it about the business that still doesn't enable women to be just songwriters or what is it that doesn't allow there to be women as like you, you could executive produce any artist on the planet right now. What is it that, what can we do as an industry that invites more women in and, and gives them the opportunity to do these kinds of um, jobs in the business that tend to alienate women? Huh, I think... You know, I mean, most of um, the songwriter, the female songwriters that that I'm friends with that are taking the artist rep, it seems like they, you know, like it's it's been a part of their plan all along. You know, it's like that was because it is it is appealing if you have that drive. You know, it is appealing to like to take back that control and to not rely so much on artists singing your songs and the politics that come with that. And, um, you know, I, I've heard, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, 
it you feel more connected maybe to the work. And I think, so I wouldn't necessarily say that, that the industry um, doesn't enable women to, to just be songwriters. I'd say, I think that it's just this, you know, when you reach a certain point when you know letter and the opportunity presents itself to get sign your own you know record deal and to you know to like you know have more control in the rooms that you're in because you're the artist um and and yeah just you can you know because it's it just being a songwriter it's it comes with it does come with a lot of anxiety and it does you know you're your your performance anxiety because you're that's your you're so reliant on your delivery and I think you have more um flexibility and freedom to just express yourself and to and you know like the writers in the room that you're collaborating with are there to cater to you and so and it's you know and, and in that sense, like it, I have thought about it, like, wow, this could be, maybe I, you know, I'm sort of like suppressing this part of me, this like voice in me that wants to come out. It hasn't like screamed out enough for me to like draw very much attention to it. But, you know, but going back to what you were saying about, you know, one female songwriter to, you know, in, in, to every two male writers or producers. Yeah, I, I have thought about that, especially, you know, and I've been thinking a lot about it recently. It's, I, you know, I just think there, you know, there are, maybe, they, I mean, are there more male producers and male songwriters than there are female songwriters? So I think what our mission as female songwriters is to, generate awareness and like, and, you know, for like the, the neck, the new wave of, of, of female songwriters and producers and like, you know, create more opportunities to be in the room with them and to, and that's really, you know, another reason why I'm like trying to like be present and like refocus my attention is because I feel like maybe I, you know, I, found a really good chemistry with Andrew and and that's been just like the constant usually for majority of my sessions and then it kind of varies from different from another female top liner to or another male writer and we've been working a lot with Louis Bell who we started with from the very beginning so he's so yeah it does feel like there's there's a lot of male energy. And I was actually talking um, to Ilse. We've been talking a lot through the, this quarantine about that. And it's just like, you know, I, I think, you know, I take responsibility for not like, you know, prior to this whole quarantine thing, I was um, in New York and I went to uh, BMI and I sat down with Sam Cox and, um, and we, you know, we had made a plan to get together and she was going to introduce me to some new female songwriters that are, you know, are just on the rise that are really talented that she could link me with, you know, but every, you know, there's so many, you know, the girls that I, I used to write with, you know, I love 
Taylor Parks is one of my closest friends, but she's the busiest human being on the face of the planet. Um, and so, you know, and she's also on doing the artist thing too. So I think they're, you know, I think for me, it's just like, I have to like get out of my own way and, and incorporate more, uh, female energy into the, the rooms. And we, we should be all aligned and like, I think that's where we got caught. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I think the you know the the general point of obviously, so you know we have uh, you know we have uh, a five or six writers, female writers, signed to us now. Um, and out of the twelve writers we have, try to keep it half and half. And it's been, um, they're all really ambitious and they're all just so good. And it's just been really interesting to watch. And you just want to, you know, as uh, where I'm at, where I'm trying to open doors for people, it's been really an interesting thing to see what situations are most fruitful, what are the best for the writers, for the artists. And it's just been fascinating to navigate the you know, how, how can you open doors for young female songwriters who, you know, in, in the business period? It's just an interesting, it's a different, it's often a different road than it is for their male counterparts is all I'm saying, you know? Yeah, well, just recently I started a, um, a charitable fund. It isn't a foundation yet called uh, Creating Creative Waves. And because um, and it starts like, you know, like think back to your, you know, your like childhood and stuff. And like, I don't know yours exactly, but for me, like music was like a part of my journey from like the beginning. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm starting this, this uh, charity to, to like, to bring back music programs into schools because they're the first eliminated, but not just like, you know, classical music. I'm like, you know, hoping eventually as it grows to put mini recording studios in, in schools and talk to them, you know, about that process from a very early age, just so, because, you know, I think the pro music programs need to be evolved in schools because it's just boring now. So I feel like that's a way too to like, bring you know get bring like the awareness of musical production and songwriting into schools at, at like the you know elementary uh at the elementary age so that there's no question you should be able to you should be taught how to use you know uh, soft synths and computers as an instrument the same way you would you know, a flugelhorn, a French horn, and the different variations of that instrument, there's no question that it's the same thing as somebody having to learn advanced trigonometry versus understanding how to pay their taxes. One is right. for sure going to be usable. Not You should learn both, but you shouldn't be, you should be exposed to the, the ways you could actually make a living at being a musician. 
not not to say you can't have a career playing flugelhorn, but you get my point. Um, listen, this was awesome, and uh, we should keep doing updates with you. And you should stop by. Uh, and you know, it's really good to see you healthy, both you know, yeah. physically in this time, mentally in this time, and just such an impressive, you know few years and it's just like it's so fun to root for you and to watch you just fucking kill it so fun this thing is so awesome i'm so glad i mean this is i've just watched it grow from the very beginning and it's just killing it so it's great to watch so thanks for having me i'll talk to you soon bye bye thanks Thanks for listening to this episode of And The Writer Is. If you want to hear music from this songwriter I just interviewed, be sure to check out our Spotify playlist or visit our website at andthewriteris.com. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter. And The Writer Is is produced by Joe London, edited by Miles Bergsma, and published by Big Deal Music. A special thanks to David Silverstein from Mega House Music and Michael White. Until next time, this is Ross Golan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hold up. 